Welcome to Double Fries No Slaw. We have a pop-up recruiting episode with Zach Blostein of Knowles 247. I'm going to talk a little FSU recruiting. As you guys know, Richie and I don't go super deep into recruiting, and so we brought on um, an expert to chat with us about it. Um, Zach, how are you doing this morning, man? What's going on? Afternoon, great, I guess. I guess we're afternoon yeah. now. Yeah, I'm great, man. I'm over here at Florida State again. Um, obviously, this week is open for recruiting, uh, which is kind of unique. Um, I mean, it happens every year, but this this final week of July kind of opens up. It gets crazy for a bit and it closes down. So going to be over here for the week um, as things come to a close. But but yeah, man, I'm excited. Has the la- has the weekend been kind of a blur for you? I know you've been up on campus the whole weekend, just doing a, a ton of stuff. What, uh, what's it been like to cover another one of these massive recruiting weekends? Yeah, I mean, yesterday was was really tiring just because it was one of those full days that we go through. Um, it was really hot out too, like one of the hottest days I, I've spent. I think my thing is reading 101. That's probably probably uh, <laughs> probably not true, but it was probably in the, the 90s, so it was really hot, and I got some got some burns, but we're, we're hanging in there, and it, it was it was definitely tiring, but it was a lot of fun. Uh, Richie recorded the podcast last night with his AC out in his house, and because um, his wife wouldn't let him like board up the dog or kennel the dog they had to like just kind of like sleep through it or whatever and so um yeah richie feels your pain i guess like i don't know you know i told him like i was gonna put my air down to like 65 in honor of him and he wasn't a big fan of that so um all right we're letting some people get in here if you guys have questions for zach on specific recruits specific things that have happened i mean feel free to shoot those share this if you're watching it if you're on facebook or twitter wherever youtube if you could upvote it or like it or share it, we, we certainly would appreciate it. Um, let's get, let's toss you a softball, though, before we get going into the heavy recruiting questions. Uh, Double fries, no saw. Obviously, you know, we're, we're big Guthrie's fans here. Uh, do, you, do you ever get a chance to break away from uh, recording on the bench and writing for 247 or anything to go get a gut box? Or, or what's, your, uh, what's your take on that? Dude, my, apart- my apartment's right next to Guthrie, or like right <laughs> down the road from Guthrie's. I literally went after the, the big recruiting event yesterday to go get some. It's, it's awesome, man. I'm, I'm, always, I'm always double fries, no slaw. Dude, that's the only way to do it. Yeah. Um, go by uh, today and just tell them to put your order on me. Like, just tell, like, go. I mean, if you, I wish I'd have known you were going yesterday, but go by today, tell them to put your order on me. Hey, if you're in Tallahassee and you tell, those two locations at 1818 West Tennessee and 2550 North Monroe. If you tell them that we sent you, you get a free drink with your meal. So I don't know if you took advantage of that or not, but like people need to, to, people need to, uh, I mean, drinks aren't that expensive. So like you're not dying, but you save a couple bucks, you save a couple bucks. Right. So, um, all right, cool. We got a good number of people in here. We'll get rolling with some recruiting talk. We appreciate again, your time. Don't want to, don't want to keep you too long. Um, I asked Brendan about this when he was on a little over a month ago with the last big recruiting, um, event, that that florida state did can you talk to me about the energy of the weekend how did it compare to uh other events that you've done uh how did how was it different just what was the energy on campus this weekend like and even today yeah well i mean just from the start of the event yesterday like before the actual camp began um recruits started entering the building at like 8 30 a.m josh and i were out there kind of kind of watching it all unfold and um, from the from the moment that day starts, you see Mike Norvell kind of leading the charge with the rest of the staff out there with him, greeting the big time recruits that are that are you know visiting campus. I think the first guy we'll talk about in a bit, but um, 
new defensive tackle commitment. Daniel Lyons was the first guy on campus, and Mike Norvell and the entire staff were out, was out there to, to to greet him and his entire family um, that accompanied accompanied him on the trip. So the energy just starts from the top, and you see it amongst the entire on-field and off-field coaching staff. They just brought, bring a ton of energy the entire day. They did it for the entire month of June, and you know obviously they got a little break, a much-needed break, um, for these first couple of weeks of July, but things opened up back again and, and they're you know starting right where they left off. They got a little bit of a break and still uh, Coach Norvell and a couple of the guys on the team had to go up to uh, up to Charlotte even yeah. during their break. So no off days for uh, for for Mike, at least him, you know, some of the other coaches, maybe maybe some time off. All right. So you, you brought him up. We'll, we'll talk about him. Um, three star defensive tackle Daniel Lyons committed to FSU yesterday. Um, Beat out, beat out Miami. Miami had an offer there, right? Like, I mean, is that is that fair enough to say? I mean, we, can we say that he stuffed Manny Locker, whether it's true or not? Like, talk to us about that. Uh, talk to us about that commitment, um, what he kind of brings, and uh, what FSU's getting there. Yeah, well, I think Miami was definitely like probably the other option um, for Daniel Lyons. Like, that's the pl- a place he visited multiple times in June as well, more times than FSU, in fact. So. Um, but yeah, he, he came to campus today or yesterday at Florida State. Got in at eight thirty a.m. Um, accompanied by you know his parents, his siblings. Uh, looked like some some you know like a grandma or grandpa along with him. So it was like ten family members in total. So from the start of the day, it just looked like uh, um, you know what you see when a kid commits to a school. You bring the entire family and just kind of make it a full experience. And um, I think Josh and I put in our crystal balls pretty early on in the morning. Um, when the camp started around 3 p.m., we were out um, right by the tunnel um, while the recruits were heading out into the into uh, the stadium. And Daniel Lyons walked out and all the FSU coaches that were on the field were kind of heading into the tunnel to go and congratulate him. So we were like, OK, he just committed. Um, and we, we broke the news. So it, it was just a really cool experience just kind of getting to see it all happen in first person right in front of us. Um, and it, it's a huge win. Obviously, we talk about a lot about how, you know, Florida State needs to, to improve the trenches and the de- defensive tackle room and the board hasn't looked like super promising um, this year and in, in, in the years past. Uh, just with FSU's you know, struggle on the field, they haven't done a great job of recruiting that position. But Daniel Lyons is definitely uh, a guy that um, can make an impact at Florida State, and it's a guy that um, you know many schools were after, including Miami and Oklahoma and a couple other schools that were involved with him um, throughout his entire process. So you talk about the trenches and the, and the need there. Um, obviously a big commitment on that side of the ball. Flipping over to the other side, another um, – you know, trench commit, right? Daughtry Richardson uh, commits to FSU, three-star out, offensive tackle. Um, talk just a little bit about him, um, a second commitment of the day. It was Florida State fans were obviously excited when they got the first one, but then the second one comes in and you're like, whoa, this is this is great. So talk to us about Daughtry committing as well. Yeah, so Daughtry, you know, goes on Instagram Live and announces that he's choosing Florida State over Miami and Kentucky as the other two contenders. It seemed like Kentucky actually tried to make a move late um, and it looked like they could have um, possibly landed him. But Florida State got got Daughtry on the phone, you know, several times over the, the course of July and just, you know, secured things away and made sure that um, that he was ending up there. So big win um, at, at a major position of need at the offensive tackle position, because that's where that's where Daughtry projects uh, best at the next level. 
Um, you know, we know they they have a lot of guards committed already. Uh, four to be, you know, um, specific. Uh, you know, maybe some of those guys can push to tackle, but Daughtry's a real tackle prospect. He's got the frame, 6'5", 280 to go with it. So definitely good to see them land an offensive tackle. Um, you know, he might not be a super elite tackle, but he's definitely a guy that can help them out in the future. Um, staying on that offensive line side, uh, those were the two commitments that, that we picked up yesterday. But staying on the offensive line, uh, four-star offensive line, e- offensive lineman Easton Harris Jr. was back uh, for a second time this summer. Um, coming back for an OV when we play Notre Dame, so just, just under six weeks away or there, right? Um, getting close to opening game. But uh, he's going to go to UF, and they make a decision later. How do you feel, uh, you know, I mean – you definitely have to like Atkins against Hevesy, right? Like in that matchup. But how do you feel um, with uh, with his recruitment, where he's at, and um, you know what, what kind of needs to happen for FSU to to kind of land another massive commit there? Yeah. Um, well, he came out of the visit uh, yesterday and, and told me that Florida State is his number one school. So he's going to go see Florida later in um, this week, uh, and that'll be his, his final dis- or visit of the summer um like you mentioned he's going to official to fsu for the notre dame game and then he'll be making his decision on october 28th so he'll probably see a couple more games um i'm assuming you know florida goes in on him and and, because they they were kind of a late offer for him but i think they're they're pushing pretty hard to try and get in his recruitment but alex atkins like you mentioned has just done a great job of of building that relationship but i'm interested interested to see how the numbers work out because um, a guy that we haven't talked about, you know, Elijah Pritchett, a big time offensive tackle target for them is making his decision, he says, in, in the month of September. So, you know, if they land a guy like that, then, you know, the need for Eston Harris goes down a little bit just because of the numbers they have at that position already committed. How um, I mean, we'll, we'll move to Elijah just since you brought him up there um, going up against some some heavy competition with Alabama and, and Georgia. Um, does FSU really have a shot there going up against like the powers in, in the South um, with those two schools? Yeah, they definitely have a shot. Um, they've got them on campus, I think, uh, three or four times during the summer, which is more than any of the other schools um, involved with him. You know, the biggest worry is Alabama, right? Like if, if Alabama wants a kid, it, there's not usually a case where they don't get that kid, especially you know, against Florida State recently. I mean, you know, a couple of years back, you could say differently. But um, I think uh, Florida State's done a great job, um, you know, with him committing, he says, in December or in September, uh, he, he's going to take a couple game visits. Um, that's what he wants to do. And then after he sees those games, he's going to go and, and make a decision. So Florida State's obviously going to need to show an improved product on the field for to land a guy of that caliber. Um, but if they can manage to do that and overcome Alabama and Georgia for such a talented prospect like Pritchett, it, it would just be incredible. And, you know, you got to pay respect to, to Alex Atkins and the job he does in recruiting that position. Um, my next question is also one that a fan just threw in. Uh, appreciate Ryan with this question. Talk to us about um, Marvin Jones Jr. Um, being on campus, obviously a legacy his dad's probably the greatest linebacker to ever play, you know, at Florida State. Um, saw their video of, of them rolling up and, and, and hitting campus, but talk to us about Marvin Jones Jr., his recruitment, his visit, um, and then 
you know, the, the thoughts around his recruitment? Yeah, the, the biggest thing is that he brought his dad along, like you mentioned. Um, he had never done that before on any of his previous visits to Florida State, and I don't believe in, in any other visits to any other schools as well. Um, but it looks like his dad's going to start getting more involved with his recruiting process and just accompanying him on on these trips that he's taking to these schools. So it's a good sign that Florida State got him on campus. And, you know, the, the best sign is that he, he's on campus for multiple days. I just saw him roll by. I think they went to go get lunch. Um, you know, Odell Hagens and, and, and Marvin Jones, you know, Shade Tree, his dad are, are riding in a car going to get lunch somewhere. Maybe Guthrie's, you never know. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, man. Um, it's just huge for Florida State to get him on campus again this summer. You know, for, for a while, it seemed like FSU was on the outside looking in with schools like Alabama and Ohio State really involved. But they've got him on campus more times than any other school. Um, and they're going to get him back for an official visit during the season when FSU plays Miami. And, you know, he's a guy that's going to take his recruitment to the distance. But I really like where FSU stands. We're, we'll get a chance to talk to him when when his visit concludes either tomorrow or Wednesday. That's what we're hearing. Um, so that'll be like another multi-day visit for him, um, for Marvin Jones Jr. again um, this summer to Florida State. So it, it's just big. Check out Knowles 247 for the updates there. Um, I know you guys will do a full interview. You guys do obviously a great job. Um, I hate to give Brendan too much credit, but uh, you guys, uh, me and, and and Josh and Brendan Snow, and all of you guys do a great job over there at Knowles 247. So stay tuned over there. Um, go check them out because I, I know that that in-depth update, once his visit is over, will be um, really, really good. If you guys have questions, I know there's a lot of you tuned in, logged in right now. I can kind of see everybody kind of popping around in the chat and stuff. If you have other questions, please um, – Feel free to shoot those in, and, and we'll uh, we'll ask Zach as long as your question doesn't suck. Um, D middle forty seven. Uh, talk to us about this. This has been what everybody wants to know. You know, like it's two is not enough. Um, we we want seventeen uh, coming out of any kind of visit weekend. So, do you expect anything else that, that could happen? Um, you know, this weekend. Are you anticipating anything else um, happening soon? Obviously, you may get some commitments that come out of this. You know, down the road. But are you expecting anything else right now? Not currently. Um, I don't think I have any crystal balls like entered for any prospects that that are making it in later this week or that made it in yesterday. Um, I think you know definitely Florida State's going to land some of the guys they got on campus yesterday, whether that be soon or you know come signing day. They'll, they'll definitely sign a couple of the guys that that tripped to to Florida State yesterday. So um, you know I, I know everyone wants like immediate results, but it's just the process of building relationships for, for this staff with, with a lot of these recruits and getting them on campus as much as possible. So definitely laying the groundwork for, for what's looking to be a promising class. Um, we talked, we just spoke about um, Elijah Pritchett, but somebody asked specifically, do, would you say that we lead for him or is it, is it kind of up in the air still? I know that, you know, you kind of gave your thoughts on, what needs to happen for us to land it, but where would you say that we are in a pecking order right now? I think like at the top, it's gotta be like Florida state and Bama right now. I give FSU the, the edge just because he's made more trips there than any other school, um, including Bama. The one worrisome thing is that he's going back to Alabama later this week for, you know, some recruiting event that they're holding um, right before the dead period starts again. So, um, you know, if he wasn't visiting Alabama later in the week, I'd for sure say Florida State's leading. But, um, 
yeah, you, you got to always worry when Bama's getting a kid multiple times on campus during during the summer, and I'm sure they're going to get him on campus again, uh, you know, to, to start the season. Um, we will uh, we'll take more questions if people have them in the chat again. We appreciate your time. We don't want to keep you too too long, but I've got a I've got a question of thought. I asked Brendan this, and we've talked with Newberg about this. You just kind of want to get your um, get your thoughts, Cam. I see that question. I like that. I'm going to ask that in just a minute. Um, thank you guys for keep sending in the questions and we'll, we'll get them answered here in, in a few. Um, Florida State currently has number eight recruiting class in the country, um, according to the 247 composite. Um, you know, but everybody always says like the games have to get played and Florida State has to show improvement on the field. Um, they, they do have a very tough schedule. We, we've talked about, you know, they're going to be an underdog at least five times um, with Miami, Florida, barring something pretty crazy, right? Miami, Florida, Clemson. Uh, North Carolina and Notre Dame, and then maybe a few more times outside of that. You know, you, you look at the Wake Forest game, you look at some different things that we have to play. So Florida State could show a lot of improvement, go six and six or five and seven, maybe seven and five, you know, top end of a, of a schedule record. Um, how much, I mean, you're talking with these kids, you know, on a daily basis, you're, you're pretty well connected with them. Uh, they're not fans like we are, but how much do the wins and losses and the showing improvement and things like, uh, showing improvement is different than wins and losses, but how much will the wins and losses matter uh, for holding the recruiting class together? What's your take or vibe there? Well, FSU is definitely not trying to, you know, put really high expectations in these kids' minds and, like, you know, saying they're going to improve, like, to a, to a ridiculous amount. Um, you know, they, they're, they're telling them it's a process, you know. I, I think for any of the kids that they're seriously in on, um, those kids are going to understand that, you know, Florida State's probably not going to win, you know, a bunch of games this season, you know. But the biggest thing is they have to show improvement. They're not hiding that. Um, you know, I think FSU, the benchmark is is that six and six record. Like if they can win six games, I think that's enough improvement for recruits to see um, that, you know, Florida State's making its way back to where it used to be. You know, obviously that's not the standard at FSU and it never should be. But six and six is enough of an improvement from last season and and what we've seen in the, in the past couple years where, you know, Florida State's going to win some games, um, you know, and, and, and I think the biggest thing um, that, you know, not a ton of people talk about is they need to make it competitive with, with the games that they are losing, right? Like they can't get, just get blown out. I mean, barring, you know, maybe a Clemson game or something like that, like the opener against Notre Dame, all eyes are going to be on that um, game, you know, especially with recruiting, they're going to have a ton of prospects, probably that that visitor list is probably going to be insanely loaded. Um, So I think in that game specifically, you got to keep it close. You know, if if Florida State doesn't go out and win against Notre Dame, which they they shouldn't be, you know, favored to do so, they got to keep it within, you know, striking distance to where, you know, fans and recruits can kind of see that Norvell has the program um, in a positive direction. Yeah, I want to say last year we were something like – I don't know, 18-ish to 20-point dog. And I think we ended up losing by like 14 or 16. So so did cover the spread, which which was nice. Maybe it was 23 even. I I don't know. Did cover the spread. I think this year it's it's right around 10 points. And so yeah, if you can at home cover the spread again, keep it to a one-score game, um, you know, look a little more competitive. Um, I think it goes a long way. I thought Florida State looked decent in that game up there against Notre Dame. Had to had a few breaks got, kind of go their way. And if you can kind of get that going your way again and look competitive, you know, it goes a long way. Not only with the, the recruits, but the buy-in on the team, the fan base, everything else. You know, if you go out and lose that game by 30, 
you know, it's, it's, it's Virginia tech 2.0, right? Like, it's yeah. just like, gosh, we, the whole thing is just like, man, we, we got fooled. So anyway, a couple questions here and then we'll get you out of here. Um, you think they expand the running back border, just go with Hill um, for this cycle, Rodney Hill out of, uh, out of Georgia, correct? Yeah. Statesboro. Um, that's something I'm, I'm really interested to see what happens because right now it doesn't really seem like there's a running back that you can be like, okay, Florida state's like, you know, probably going to land that kid. Like Jalen Glover is like the closest to that, but he's been trending to UF as of, as of late. And, um, it's kind of discouraging not to see at the not to see him at the event yesterday, because you know if, if he did indeed make it in, um, you gotta think that you know FSU's uh, you know doing their best to kind of put themselves in position to land him. But I think he's only going to make it to UF this week, and he's going to decide on August sixth. So it it seems like um, that's trending UF. But other than that, there's not a ton of other running back prospects that Florida State's like. Um, truly in on or, you know, even, you know, in, in constant communication with. So I'll, I'll be interested to see if the running back board expands over the course of the fall or they just take what they've got and maybe look for like a transfer portal addition um, following the season. Um, another one here from Chad asking about Williams with Mississippi still pressing pretty hard. Um, how do you feel about um, that commitment there? Yeah, well, I took I spoke to Trevion um, Williams, who's referring to the the 2022 defensive line commit to Florida State uh, at the Seminole Showcase yesterday, and he mentioned to me that the only schools he's currently in communication with still are Florida State and Mississippi State. So, um, you know, FSU will have to fend off Mississippi State um, throughout the season. It looks like just because he's a Mississippi kid, and and I think. Um, you know, whenever you go into that state and try to reel in a guy of that talent, it's going to be difficult um, just because it, it, in, in the past, a lot of those kids like to stay home. Um, but I think uh, it's pretty encouraging that he came back for this event. Um, his family is super, super uh, close with the Florida State staff. Like, you know, they, they joke around all day and they're hanging out. Um, they just seem like really good friends. So it, it would surprise me for him not to end up at FSU for right now. But you never know as the season unfolds. You know, we've seen it time and time again where um, if FSU doesn't show a great product in the field, um, anything can happen. So I think right now I would say um, I'm not too worried. Um, but, you know, Mississippi State's still still in the mix. Um, Robert asks about any plans for Armella to visit in the future. How do you feel about our chances with him? Yeah, I mean – no plans that I know of for Armella to visit. Um, he's been pretty quiet recently, like with his recruitment in total. Like he didn't take a ton of visits in June. Um, I think he saw like LSU, FSU, and Miami were the only three schools he, he really visited. Maybe Bama, but I, I actually don't think he made that that trip. So um, his recruitment's kind of weird, man. Like I, I don't really have a great read on it um, just because, you know, I think he's kind of – banking on, you know, like a BAM or LSU really coming after him. But I'm not sure that that's the case. I think um, Florida State or Miami are, are the true, you know, options for him. So I, I'll be interested to see, you know, he might impress some some coaches at BAM or LSU during the season and maybe they push harder for him. But um, I'm really interested to see, you know, what official visits he makes during the season and um, how that is affected by, you know, what Florida State already has in that offensive line room. I, you know, 
if Armelo wants in, I don't think they'd turn him down in an instant, right? Like he's a legacy kid and you gotta, you gotta take him and, and he's talented in his own right. So um, I, I'll ju- I'm just, you know, I don't have a clear read on where he's leaning or, or anything like that. So, but I don't think his recruitment's anywhere close to done. Um, Zach Blostein, Blostein, sorry, of Knowles247. Thank you so much for hanging out. Um, talk to us about your work over there. Obviously, they can follow you guys on social media, but shout out your Twitter handle. Shout out your, uh, obviously, the website's Knowles247.com. But uh, the stuff that you've got coming out, um, plug yourself a little bit here. Yeah, um, you know, on Knowles247, we're going to, we spoke to pretty much all the, you know, key targets and commits at the seminar showcase yesterday. So we'll have updates posted, you know, in the coming days, Josh and I will, will be writing a bunch of stuff. So definitely head over there. We've got a bunch of good scoop already on the site, some photo galleries, all that kind of stuff. Um, so d- definitely check that out. And then my personal Twitter, Twitter handle is zblostein247. You guys can follow me on there and I'm always posting um, recruiting stuff if you guys are into that. Um, I'll ask you this and then I'll, I'll get you out of here. We appreciate again your time so much. What's your... Uh... I know that I know that you're the recruiting guy a lot of times, but you you've got a good feel on some other stuff too. Uh, who uh, who starts the game against Notre Dame, and then how 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 many snaps do both guys see? Like, how, well, it's like your your vibe on like the split. Like, is it like a seventy thirty, or how, how much do you think the other guy gets burned as well? Because I think they both play. I think we all kind of feel that way, right? Yeah, I think um, I think McKenzie starts right. Like like you don't bring him in not to start him, um, but I think. Like you said, you got to use Jordan Travis. He's too talented and too athletic. Like he's probably one of the best just playmakers on that offense at any position, um, even if Mackenzie Milton is starting. And and I think you got to use him in some capacity. So maybe like an 80, 20, 70, 30 split where he gets in on some, you know, plays, whether it's like a zone read or, you know, you line him up in the slot or at receiver or whatever, you know, people are going to theorize, but we'll see what Florida state, you know, creates as far as packages for Jordan Travis. But that's my thought. Like you, you got to use him in some sort of capacity um, to, you know, kind of keep the the defense guessing with his running ability and all that. Yeah. I also think that he throws just a tad bit better than, uh, you know, a guy that you would normally just bring in for like a running option only like, like UF did with Emory last year. Every time Emory came in, you knew it was a run um, without a doubt. Like dude never threw. And so I think Jordan, after quarterbacking for most of a year last year uh, kind of brings that threat to where it's not a 100% run every time. And so that, that may kind of open things up there. Um, all right. I lied. I got one more. Um, how, how much of a step forward do you think the offensive line takes? I know that's tough before fall camp and we'll get you back on before to, to kind of get some, get some updates there. But do you think that the offensive line improves and, and how much is realistically possible for them to improve? Well, I think a lot of it, um, centers on the tackle spots, right? Like, does Devontae Love Taylor recover from his injury and, and kind of, you know, play where, you know, at, at, a, at a decent level like he was before? And then, you know, at the other spot, like a Robert Scott, who was a freshman last season, does he put on some more weight? Um, does he look more legit? Like, I'm, I'm really interested to see how the offensive line group just looks in fall camp. And, and, then, and then transfer Dylan Gibbons, right? Like, can he crack the rotation, um, whether it's like center or both of the guard spots? Like, I think it'd probably be a good sign if he can crack the rotation just because you brought him in to, to be a contributor. Um, so hopefully uh, he, he can provide some help on the interior of the line. But I think I think they'll take an, uh, a jump. I don't know how big of a jump. Like, 
like you want them to play at like an average level like that's probably like the, the ceiling right now um just from that room just because of the, the talent level that, that that's been brought in over the past couple of years but if they can play at an average level i think you you know that's what you want if you want to um get like a, a a six and six season right like it, if they play any better and they provide more opportunity for the for you know mackenzie milton to to make some plays downfield then you know maybe florida state wins some games they're not supposed to but for right now i'm going to say they, they get to an average level and um i think that'll that'll provide them enough to to get to a you know that six and six mark yeah i tell you with with the way the offensive line has been the last several years average sounds amazing yeah. um so Hey, we have one more comment that we'll get you out of here. 247 Sports with Zach. Kill it with MSU cover. Strongly recommend everyone checking them out. Yeah, Knowles247.com. Uh, they got everything from an exclusive insider look on uh, all things FSU, especially kind of featuring on recruiting. A lot of inside stories coming out over the next couple of days. So go check those guys out. Uh, we, we don't dive so much into the recruiting, but we appreciate you guys always making time for us and uh, coming on here. Uh, and he's the only one that doesn't come and hang out with us, bro. I bet he puts away some gut boxes. So I need to get, need to get, I need, I know he need, yeah, like he just, I know he don't want to, but we'll get him eventually. Um, but Zach, so much. Thank you. Uh, we appreciate it. Um, if there's everything we can do for you, man, let us know. Excited to get up there and hang out Labor Day weekend. We'll come say hi for sure. But, uh, if you need anything, please let us know. But again, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you, man. Thank you for having me on. Yeah. Anytime. Thanks, bud. Thank you. Zach Blostein of Knowles247. Again, thank you guys so much for hanging out. Um, quick little pop-up recruiting episode for you guys. We dropped our normal episode this morning. Um, it was live last night, so go check that out. Richie and I really talked a ton about ACC kickoff, ACC media days. We kind of gave a little tribute to Coach Bowden, of course. Uh, some unfortunate news there with his health. We also spoke about conference expansion, realignment, stuff that's going into that. And um, you had a good time. We enjoyed it for sure. So go check out that. We also did a draft uh, that was live on Saturday night. Um, a lot of fun stuff in there. Trey Rowland, formerly of the Rollcast, was on that. So go go search our feed. We've, we've put out four shows in the last three days, like the last 36 hours or so. So go go check all that out. A bunch of fun stuff for you. Check out the website. A couple of articles dropped, www.doublefriesnoslaw.com. One of them on FSU's baseball um, Knowles and the pros, and then another one from Michael Settle on conference realignment, how that could impact FSU. Um, we don't quite have the uh, content level that Knowles 247 has going out there, but we've got a lot of stuff going on, so go check it out. Um, and we appreciate you guys' support. Obviously, always appreciate Guthrie's, and uh, we will see you guys next Sunday for another show. Probably no pop-ups between now and then, but you never know. I guess kind of stay tuned and We'll see how things go. But thanks again for Zach hanging out with us. Thanks to Harlan for uh, doing all the stuff on the back end for this show, Harlan Harris, and everybody that kind of helps out with the Double Fries No Slaw podcast. We will see you guys on Sunday. Go Noles.